You're listening to The Healthy Sensitive. Welcome everyone to The Healthy Sensitive, a podcast for highly sensitive people who want to live big without getting overwhelmed by the chaos that is our goofy, goofy world. I'm Leah Burkhart, your hostess on the show, and in today's episode, this is a little bit different because I did a collaboration in this episode, and uh, the topic that we, so I, I collaborated with Katie Hodges who is my absolute shero. Uh, she's a born leader. Anything she's ever touched, at least anything that I've witnessed her touch, always, well, it just transforms, and it always transforms in a positive way. Uh, she was uh, my supervisor, a manager above me in a large corporation that we worked in together. Um, we've collaborated on a number of projects together. And this is a woman who is daring greatly. You know, I talk a lot about how we don't have to choose between being able to live a life that looks like us as more sensitive, introspective, feeling, caring people. Um, You know, we don't need to choose between living small and having serenity and health or living big and being leaders in our community, but maybe having to sacrifice our health. Like that's not, that's a false choice. And I think the world we live in has tricked us or duped us into thinking that that those are our only two options. And I don't even want to go so far as to say that society did that on purpose. It's more just that the major or the majority of the ways that we've come to see success is a picture that looks like those who are more go-getter types. You know, we see people who are working 70 hours a week, 80 hours a week. We see the people who are just, I mean, they're going for it. And that certainly deserves commendation. It deserves encouragement and it deserves to be celebrated. But it isn't the only definition of success. Like, you know... We haven't gotten an opportunity in our culture, which is a culture that is highly stimulating, highly extroverted, highly, you know, it's a go-getter community. Um, So we don't see a lot of examples of people who have crafted a life that is successful based on each person's individual definition of success. And that's really what the healthy sensitive is all about. It's really what coaching in general is that's the spirit of coaching is to help each individual craft a life that looks like them it's what the spirit of big magic uh, elizabeth gilbert's big magic is all about it's the spirit of creativity it's you know to live a creative life doesn't mean that you have to be a writer living alone on a mountaintop somewhere to be successful doesn't mean that you need to publish a billion YouTube videos and have five billion dollars in the bank. Success looks like whatever your idea of success looks like. The problem is we don't live in a culture that has you know really asked us or given us the tools to entertain 
what my definition of success is or what your definition of success is. And there's value in sitting still for a minute and really contemplating, well, what would a creative life look like? What would it look like if I had it my way, if I could, you know, if I were granted the magical wand and I could have the life that I dreamed of, what would it look like? What's in that life? Who are you spending your time with? In what way is that life in, in alignment with your values? We aren't really encouraged to ask those deep questions. I mean, quite frankly, no one has the time to ask it of us. Teachers are so busy trying to teach stuff and then managers are just trying so hard to manage us and CEOs are just trying to make money off of us. And, you know, it just, and no one's necessarily doing it maliciously. It's just, this is the system that we live in. And we, I think we've come at an impasse where we've realized, at least there's enough of us that have realized that it's not working. Or I at least personally can say it's not working for me. And I know I talked about how my sort of word of the year in the last podcast is independence and all of the different layers of that that I want to embody. Well, Katie Hodges is someone who is definitely walking that talk. And that's why I called it the name of the podcast for today, Walk That Talk. Uh, She's a private coach and consultant for Walk That Talk Coaching. Um, she's a representative of the chamber in her community, the chamber of commerce in her community. Uh, she does, I'm, I'm currently engaged in a sort of a cleanse, a 30 day cleanse. And she's representing, uh, like she sells Arbonne products and coaches people through a 30 day cleanse sequence, which I mean, again, any, she's just really getting out there because she made it. Every time that she, like, she was told, hey, this is what success looks like, girl, go get it. And she went and she got it. She climbed up the corporate ladder. And at no point did anyone say to her, yeah, you know, we're not, we're, we're done with you now. No one ever told her, yeah, you're no good. Everyone championed her uh, in their own way. Or at least everyone gave her, like, anytime she got access, when someone gave her a key, she'd open up that door and make magic with it. But the problem is that she's the kind of person who wants to always get better. And that translates into her work. She's constantly trying to push the envelope and say, how can we make this even better? And that's not always welcome in a corporate environment because corporate environments are big ships that don't corner well. And Katie Hodges is not someone who's going to thrive in a space that doesn't corner well, because she's masterful. She's the Jedi ninja of self-improvement and, um, what should I say, like systems improvements. Like she's always looking at it and saying, okay, we got a system, that's great, so how do we make it better? So she jumped off of that giant ship with nothing but a little lifeboat into this wide ocean of possibility And that's terrifying. I don't know if you've ever seen the ocean, but there are really big creatures that live under the waters of a giant ocean. And there are storms, hurricanes, like you don't know what you're getting yourself into when you're willing to jump off a nice cushy ship. But you know something? The nice cushy ship isn't always so safe either. You might remember that the Titanic sunk, the unsinkable ship sunk. And I think more and more people are starting to wake up to that fact that, you know, there's no re- there's no such thing as safety. 
So if that's true, why not go out there and dare greatly? Why not go out there and chart our own course? Why not go out there and just see where we land, go on our own adventure? And this is a woman who's done just that. So we decided to collaborate and she was generous enough to jump on to the Healthy Sensitive. Um, and we don't know where that's going to go, whether it's something that we'll continue to do and collaborate or if we'll end up uh, sectioning off and doing our own thing or, or if she'll ultimately end up doing her podcast and maybe I guest on it. So, oh, dear listeners, uh, you're getting exposure to that. This is the messiness of creating something new. Um, you're, you're a part of it. So congratulations. Also, my apologies. <laughs> um and I'll tell you, you know, I thought about trying to edit certain parts of the conversation uh, because, like, there were interruptions. Um, she's got two beautiful children um, and uh, a very loving and devoted husband. Uh, so she's got all kinds of good stuff happening in her home. And you'll hear pieces of that. And then, and we even joked and said, oh, should we edit this out? And it's like, no, I don't, I don't really want to <laughs> um, because that's life. And... I think of what happens frequently with people who are successful at developing their own business, their own enterprise, whatever it is that they create, we, the observers, often only see the end product. We don't get to see the messy process that took place to get them there. And I think there's value in showing people sort of the messy, rough draft sketches. I mean, I would think done is always going to be better than perfect. So uh, thank you for letting me go on and on and on about this, by the way. So the conversation that took place between Katie and me is, it's unedited. It's just two women who are trying to figure things out, having a conversation. And uh, I hope you enjoy it, and I hope that you get something from it. Um, you'll, I think you'll see when you're listening to us talk that, at least for myself, I was certainly very clumsy. Um, and something you'll probably note about Katie is that, you know, she's a, she's a watcher and she's a listener. And uh, you'll see me, the Pomeranian, kind of go all over the place quite a bit. And I think eventually I settle down. But I guess this is really my way of, or our way, of saying to anyone who might be listening, you know, if you've got an idea and you're not sure how it'll be received, just go for it. Don't worry about being perfect. Because we're two crazy ladies, you know, some chica locas, <laughs> chicas locas. <laughs> I don't know. But we're just trying things out. So... I I imagine, I know for me, anytime I ever speak with Katie, I always walk away feeling like a superhero. Like, ah, I got this. I feel like a badass. And that's the gift she gives to anyone in proximity to her. She naturally makes people feel safe. She makes people feel uh, rejuvenated and encouraged and, you know, makes people want to go out there and be their best selves. And so if nothing else, I hope uh, that you walk away with a little nugget of that because... I mean, it's really a privilege to be able to work with her. And so uh, I'm delighted to be able to share her wisdom with all of you. So hope you enjoy. And as always, if you have questions, you can email me at leah at thehealthysensitive.com. And if you're interested in speaking directly with Katie, uh, I for now, I just if you would send me an email or a link, again, leah at thehealthysensitive.com, I can refer you over. Uh, I don't know exactly which email account because she has a business account and a private account so I would want to make sure I'd send referrals to the appropriate sources um, and I want to link you to her website I know that she's in, she's got a website but she's building it and again once once again like she's she's doing it she is coaching and she is 
uh, well on her way to building and she's got a big, big picture in mind of what she wants to create for the world. Um, so if you want to get in touch with Katie, just for now, send me an email and I will forward you right along to her because she's, she is big magic, my friends. Enjoy. All right. All right. Ready, set, it, record. Yes, we're, we are recording, my we friend. Recording. <laughs> God, it's so cool because you know, I know we were going to talk about um, big magic. And yes. I love I, that book. So good. Well, and it's funny, I'm reading another, I mean, it's a similar kind of concept book. It, uh, what is it called? Blessed or the Weird. Ooh, okay. It's by, just a moment. <laughs> it's coming. The Googles coming. are coming. <laughs> Elevator music. Jacob Nordby. N-O-R-D-B-Y. Okay. It's Blessed are the Weird. And the entire, it's, it's sort of like a manifesto for mm -hmm. creative types, highly sensitive people. Although he never says highly sensitive people per se, but he quotes so many different people that refers to those who are more sensitively inclined. And it's Maybe just he's trying like, to give people like an intro to it without classifying it as such. So it doesn't turn people off. Yeah. Well, and he was primarily talking about creativity too. So it was sort of like those folks who have those creative inclinations and, and just thinking, you I've got something inside of me. It needs to get out. It, you know, it needs to come out. And so, and it just reminded me so much of Elizabeth Gilbert and half the quotes that he cited. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Elizabeth Gilbert quoted that same person. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was just, it, again, it felt like a manifesto. Yeah. Um, really inspiring, but it's just, like, I, oh. I've had that book just on loop basically when I'm not listening to any, like catching up with any one of my podcasts, I just pop that in and just am listening to it. And when I was teaching the other night, um, was talking about the self-critic, mm -hmm. right? Because I feel like so many of the people that you and I work with, um, clients, whether it's, whether it's, you know, in a, in a healthcare setting or outside in our private practices, it's like these people who have these dreams and these endeavors, they're their own worst enemy. And yeah. I don't know that they're fully aware of it. So a lot of what we were talking about in class um, last night was um, the the driver's analogy, right? The driver's seat analogy, like, hey, the self-critic is not going away. It's still going to be here. But guess what? You don't get to ride and you don't get to drive. You don't get to sit shotgun. You get to sit in the back. You don't even get to pick out music or anything. You may have an opinion, but you do not direct where this goes. And that was something that I was really like trying to echo to them where I was like, Hey, I've been listening to this book and I thought that this information would be super, super helpful for you. <laughs> do you have um, a little one coming in? I do have a little one coming in. <laughs> it's really, really difficult to do anything when there's children around, <laughs> even when there's a movie on. <laughs> okay. You got to go sugar. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Cookie. I got work to do. You gotta stay out of here. <laughs> you can take Lady with you. It's fine. But you need to go. Vamanos, muchacha, with the curly girl hair. <laughs> no, no, one more time. You gotta go. Bye, bye. Come on. <laughs> little hand down here. Okay, bye. Love you so much. See you later.
Go on. I'm going to put locks on the door. <laughs> Zuh. Two doors in, two doors out. Um, yeah, it was definitely one of those moments last night. And it was so funny after last week's class, someone was like, oh, you would make a really good life coach. And I was like, I mean, it's kind of basically what I am, but just without that certification just yet. Mm-hmm. But just working with people to focus on, you know, progress rather than perfection, right? So practice makes progress, like just switching that in your head. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's been a big turnaround for even for me within the last year. Yeah. You know, and that's been a lot through listening to audiobooks or reading and um, just different experiences that I'm having that you notice like, hey, this behavior that has gotten me this far, mm-hmm. that track has ended. It's not going, it's not taking me any farther. If anything, it's going to lead me to my own demise. You know, like that creative struggle, like you must suffer and take on the weight of the world in order to flourish. Like it doesn't actually work, Mm -hmm. you know, or it works up into a point and in which case you might break you. Right. And that for me, it wasn't really an option. Right. Because I have an entire family to who relies on me and who I want to be here for. And so I have that personal experience of I've been there. I've let the self-critic take the driver's seat and you just, you can't Yeah. after a certain point. And so you have to make that decision. No one can make it for you. But I think hearing things like that, where you're like, oh, there is another option out there actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can kind of blow your mind. Well, not just that there is another option, but it's not optional. Like it stops being optional. It starts getting to a place where it's like, I've taken all these other roads. It's almost like someone who has a terrible sense of direction, like me. Um, I've taken all the routes that take me away from the destination. So it's like, I'm by process of elimination. I've like, sort of started narrowing down, like, no, that's not going to work. No, that's not going to work. And there's only so many, not, oh, that's not going to work. So that'll happen before right. you start realizing, okay, it's getting to the point where the only thing left is to create something of my own. My job isn't listed out there on indeed.com. Right. I'm going to have to create it. Right. And it's hard too, because sometimes you'll see things that really pique your interest and you're like that, your desire for creating your own umbrella or world has to be stronger than your desire for that, for that comfort, right? Mm-hmm. That comfort of knowing like there's a safety net involved, which is, I mean, we have, both of us have an extreme amount of privilege in that, you know, even, even when I took the leap and left corporate healthcare and went into the startup world. And then when I got laid off, like, I was, there was a very calculated risk, but it was a risk nonetheless, but I was also able to land in a fashion where I was like, okay, everything's going to line up. Is everything stress-free? Absolutely not. But the chaos that I have currently feels like a much fuller um, chaos, a much fuller life, something that looks way more like me than sitting in a car for approximately three to four hours a day, going to work in an environment 
where I'm trying to provide support and tools and positivity to my staff. And I'm the only ray of light in a room. Like there's no one above me trying to create that same kind of environment for me. And so it just became, how long can you sit in this toxic soup before you become the toxic soup? Yep. Yeah. Cause that's the only, I mean, it's sort of, I can remember being, uh, I was living in Concord, California, mm-hmm. and I was really trying to cultivate a lifestyle that was sort of European-esque. And so I was trying to walk as many places as I could, yeah. I was barting to work, and work, by the way, was in San Francisco. So that was a commute, like an hour and a half when you accounted for a 25-minute walk from BART train to, you know, so it was, yeah. you know. But I wanted to get rid of my car. That was sort of a dream. And ultimately live in a city that did not require <laughs> a vehicle. Right. And it was just, it, that's, it's sort of a superficial example, but it was so hard because it was like I was working against the environment I was living in to create this style of living. And finally, when I moved to the city, it was crazy easy. Yeah. And I forget who it was that said this, but I, I know it wasn't mine, but it was just... Um, it continues to be, it only gets harder and harder to live in a space that is counter to your values. It's not that you can't do that, but at a certain point, there's like you have two choices. You can either stay where you are, mm-hmm. be a part of the driving force to change the values of your culture, right? or you can move into a space that mirrors your values to you and makes it easier to sustain those, like to live in alignment with them. Right. And maybe this is just selfish, but I'm tired. I don't want to have to force my community to change their values. I feel like it's not just, I'm tired. And also, I don't know that that's useful. I don't know that my community necessarily wants its values to be changed. Thank you very much. Right. Well, and I feel like when you're building your own enterprise, whatever it may be, when you are walking in your most authentic self and not being held back by corporate policies and procedures and and trying to fit yourself into this beige colored mold that corporate America has us fitting ourselves into. You're not able to be your full authentic self and therefore you don't draw the people to you that are going to help that flourish. Whereas when you are building your own entity, whatever it is, you're able to be more authentically yourself And therefore, the people that are supposed to be part of your team or your support system or what have you are drawn to you because guess what? You don't have to follow corporate policies and procedures. And I'm not saying that all corporate policies and procedures are bad or anything, but there are all these boxes that they have to tick. And I just got to a point where I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to tick all these boxes. And it's just not, I don't fit this suit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to go out on my own and build whatever it is. And I'm going to speak my truth and walk my truth. And if you like me, fantastic. If I resonate with you, wonderful. Let's work together. If I don't, guess what? There's someone else that is going to be your cup of tea. Cause I don't need to be everybody's cup of tea. There's plenty of people out here that will cater to you in the way that you want to, but I'm here for, for being real and being authentic and really achieving potential um, through hard work and consistency over the long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my, so 
in a New Year's resolution workbook, uh, you know, it's like this thing you can do online. It's all lovely. It's just another tool. But at one point it, it asked, what is your word for the year? Oh, I love that. I know. I think that's so cool. It's sort of like a, what is your North star you want to use instead mm-hmm. of what is your goal? Yeah. And so I use the word independence because yeah, like it will, cause there's so many layers to it. So there's mm-hmm. the, the financial aspect of, I want to get to the place where I'm the primary driving source of my own income because right. that gives me a source of income, like a, of independence, um, independence in that, like I'm a single young woman. Well, I don't know if I, I guess single woman. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I'm like, Wait a second. 33 is in this weird hodge spot where I'm like, you're still young. It's okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> Why not? But never like really getting comfortable uh, being self-sustaining, like physically, emotionally, financially. And then this final layer, which is like having independence of like really clear thought. Like my thoughts are super clear Mm -hmm. and I'm not coming from a place of like gremlins that are in the backseat trying to take the keys to the car. I'm coming from like, like a spiritual kind of independence where I'm not relying on patterning. I'm coming from a place of just what is the situation call for? and going with that instead of what's a set of patterns I can keep going so that I don't have to think real hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even when thinking about independence as an entrepreneur, it's wild to me how even then it can, like when I was thinking about uh, different maybe trainings or mm-hmm. things that I could get involved in and it's like, okay, maybe I need this or one more certification or one more what have you, or maybe I need to start, going to a marketing class and doing more Instagram, doing more of this or more of that. And it's like, but those don't resonate. And, and I was talking to uh, a practitioner who, who has his own practice and he had some really great feedback. He said, you know, there are really, there's different ways to go about doing this, but I find that quite a number of people spend half their time working on their craft and developing a kind of mastery and then half the time with marketing. And that yields a lot of objective success, but that doesn't necessarily lead to mastery very quickly. And so there are some people who do a better job just really focusing on how do I master my craft? How do I master this? Like this, this space suit that I'm occupying, (laughs) this thing working as like as well as possible. Right. And, uh, and he says, it probably won't yield you as many clients as quickly, but the quality of those interactions are going to be much more clean and resonant um, and the, the as it starts to build out it will look like you so it's like even when it's like i'm my own person i gotta figure it out i can still <laughs> in these little traps where i'm oh i'm my own person but i want to use the same strategies that tony robbins or gary vaynerchuk uses even though i'm right. not a tony robbins and i'm certainly not a gary vaynerchuk like that's not going to work so it's not just i have to do my own thing i've got to figure out how to do my own thing in a way that looks like me. Yeah. Work. And that takes, and it's, and it's a long game too. Like there's, Mm um, there is a belief that has to come before anything, Mm -hmm. right? This earnest belief in yourself, even when there are people out there doubting or even egging on your failure, right? Just wait. Cause there are people out there in the cheap seats, right? Like we talk about and have listened to and read where they're just like, what are you doing now? <laughs> you know, like, what is this? What is this happening? And it's just like, for those of us who are 
like entrepreneurial minded or like to collect certifications like people do business cards like you and I, it's just, we are constantly in the pursuit of bettering ourselves and bettering our situation. And I just think that a lot of people don't understand that. And even when that transfers into, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go work as a health educator and I'm going to be cultivating content and I'm going to be pushing this out and I'm going to be doing this. People don't necessarily see it, but just like I saw, I saw this post from Lizzo, who I love, of course, Mm -hmm. um, where she posted a picture up of her 10 years ago as a Liberty tax service sign spinner, (laughs) right? She's like, this was me 10 years ago. Keep going. We need y'all like that is the whole thing, right? Like who, how did you imagine 10 years ago? Like, where would you be right now? Would it be where you are? I don't know that I knew 10 years ago that this is where I would be, but I knew five years ago, four years ago, three years ago that I was like, I really want to do something different. I really, and, and it was the quietest of whispers in the back of my brain of like, depending upon who gets elected, I might be able to just buy my own health insurance and start something. And it was nothing. I didn't say anything to anybody, but those quietest of whispers in the back of your brain require and demand that you pay attention to them. Yeah. Even if it's not until three years later, you know, but there are these moments in time where I have this vision in my head or this whisper in the back of my mind and I, I beg of people to pay attention to those because that is your really your true heart's calling of whatever you might want to do. And it could be a side hustle, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know, it could turn into a main gig, but just to pay attention to your intuition, which mm-hmm. we just, as a culture, we're just not, we're not, we're taught to kind of ignore that. Yeah. As much as people talk about it, oh, I had a gut feeling or whatever. It's like, We don't really pay attention to that. And I just, if I look at where I am now, I much prefer this hustle and all of the different ways that I'm bringing in income for my family and the, and the ways that I'm being creative, I much, much prefer this than, than to what I was at a year ago, two years ago. And, and that's okay because I had to learn that lesson. Yeah. Well, and you know, the irony is so many of us think, okay, well, Oh, I've got a great job. I, I'm looking for security. That's the big buzzword, right? I yeah. want security. I want the, the the 40 hour per week job that comes with the benefits and comes with, and then yeah, like, that's like, that's bullshit. That's not secure because you can, as soon as you lose that, you lose all of it. You have like, you're, that's it. I hope you have plenty of savings. Cause yeah, you're you not walking away with that life insurance policy that your company invested in. Yeah. You're not walking away with that. Security is an illusion yeah. and failure is inevitable. Like I was, t- I was talking with some of my clients the other day and I was just like, you're going to fail, mm-hmm. fail, try and fail and get up and try it again and keep going and just d- get creative. Try something, throw some paint at the wall. What's the worst that can happen? Like, mm-hmm. Do you want to just do the same thing day in and day out? Or do you want to try something and just see what the flip could happen? 
And that's the fear part, right? Because I was asked this question, yeah, what fear. is it you're so afraid of? Like, what is it? And I, my answer was as honest an answer as I could come up with is I'm, I'm afraid of both extremes. Like, yeah. I'm afraid of failure. So that's one part of it. And failure to me means um, I, I, I can no longer, I'm no longer self-sustaining. I'm at the point where some basic functions, shelter, food, things like that, uh, I can't afford them. That, that to me is failure. And that is scary because now we're talking survival. So that's right. what like, comes to my mind. Right. But I'm equally terrified of wild success mm-hmm. because wild success is, another, is a, of, another style of vulnerability. That's true exposure. Right. Suddenly everybody's like, you're in the arena and, and everyone can see. Whereas if I can stay invisible, no one can see me. Mm-hmm. No one can criticize or wound or, you know, so it's like, and I don't even know how many quotes are out there about this. Like our greatest fear is not that we are, you know, insignificant or whatever. It's that we're more pow- like powerful beyond measure. You know, it's like, and so many people report that. So the fear, it, I think for most people, or at least for me, is both ends of that spectrum. Right. Like, what if I can't eat? I really like eating. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really love food. It's so good. I mean, you never, and then what if I can't afford shelter? Because it's cold outside right now. And it's 20, when it's 29 degrees outside, man, oh man. Like, I mean, that's pretty mild too, compared to some other winters. But, and then on the flip side, like, oh shit, what if this actually becomes something? Then yeah. I will be accountable on a whole new level. Well, and then you bring, and that's that's why I think there's this this plotting, right? This like consistent work towards having whatever it is that we're we're meant to have in this world is that along the way you collect your people, right? That are content experts in their field, right? So they can buffer you during those moments where visibility is tough because it's going to be tough and you're not like certain people aren't going to like you, but I, for one, have had a hard time with, with visibility for a really long time. I started doing uh, performing arts as a young child and was always super, super shy um, about my voice out in public and how much attention that got me and really, really uncomfortable with it. And inevitably, um, haven't done much with it since because of that fear of just people looking at me and just amazed at at what the gift that you have is. But I mean, whatever you're, I've come to this conclusion at this point that like, you can't hide like that old adash, like you can't hold, you know, hide your light under a bushel. Like it comes through in other ways. Like people are going to find out and it's, you know, like my brother had told me once, like, this is a gift that you have that you need to share with others. And that's kind of how I'm viewing my, my journey now and where I've been and what I've been through is that like, I needed to hear what I've been through and what I was going through years ago, because it's really lonely when you're out there and you're a mom and you're trying to do right by your family. And, and if you, if you are afraid one trick that helps me is to think outside of yourself for a minute Mm -hmm. and to just say, if I can just reach one person, if I can just serve one person with this story or this blog post or this podcast, if I can just get into their head for one moment and just say, you are not alone. Mm -hmm. 
you know, because we as a human species, we need each other. But in this world currently, like we're, there's all this marketing about the life that we're living and it's not necessarily the most accurate representation. Um, So don't, and it's not to say that you don't have the fear, have the fear, acknowledge the fear. Don't let the fear overtake you from what you could provide for yourself in terms of whatever revenue and what you could also give back to your communities. So that's kind of what I'm, how I'm looking at things now is like me being successful isn't just about taking care of myself and my family. Mm -hmm. It's about being able to contribute to all of the things in my community and beyond that I want to push money and recognition in a platform too. Yeah. Well, and I know for me too, it was a, like, you know, one part of the messaging and I'm trying to make it more succinct, but when I talk to highly sensitive people or introverts, Mm. part of what I'm trying to say is, you know, for so long, we've been served this dichotomy, this, this choice. You can either have your serenity, you can have your peace of mind, you can sleep at night, but you've got to be invisible and you have to live small. Or you can live big. You can be a huge part contributing part of your community. You can be a leader potentially in your community, but you're going to have to sacrifice your health and your serenity, your sense of calm. And just those are your options and choose. Um, And the reality is not only can you stand at the intersection of those two things, but Mm -hmm. we must. And it's like, I don't see a whole lot of examples of people who identify as having a more vigilant nervous system or, or like, being more sensitive. I don't mm-hmm. see a lot of examples of that championed in our culture. We either see, right. we see, well, not even either. We don't see the people who are developing a sense of serenity. We only see those in our small communities. It's like, oh, right. you figured it out. Um, but they're not celebrated. And right. then the ones who are celebrated are the folks that are burning themselves up, like they're working 20 hours a day. Right. And there's, n- I have nothing against that because for some people that's totally their jam. But it's like, well, if I can figure out how to do this for myself, right. then maybe someone else around me sees that and says, well, she's a flipping ninny. Like if she can do it. <laughs> We're not a ninny. I would argue against that. I mean, and I would argue that there are a lot of creatives out there that we just don't know. They put this on. And of course, I would, I would make an argument that my fave, the queen, beyond say is one of those people right she's also a virgo she's very very sensitive about her craft and she i mean she's worked really hard and consistently for 20 plus years now um and is now just at the point where she can just drop in when she wants to and bring whatever art that she has whether it's music or clothing or whatever her fancy is and then she can just drop out mm-hmm You know, she goes and she goes on vacation and she shares with us of her family what she wishes and then doesn't share what she wishes. And I feel like um, there are a lot of creatives out there that are just, they're not playing into the hype of the social media world. They're not, they know that there's a lot of hatred out there. They know that there's a lot of, you know, it it is being in the arena. That's the social media world now. That's our arena now. And it's like, it's not playing in. Um, to the insecurities of people and the vitriol that they spew online. And it's creating that team of people that are going to buffer you through those tumultuous waters of success and and, an absence of success to really make sure that you hold steady through and just 
become the best version of yourself um, however you want to, because it is defined by you, right? No one can help you achieve your potential. Even if someone sees a ton of potential in said external person, like it's not up to them to achieve that potential. That person has to, has to see that and want to work for it and believe in themselves. And that I think is a huge barrier for plenty of folks, because it's not like we have to work out that the hustle muscle very often. Like if anything, we're living in a world that keeps us sedated. Like, and I'm not, this isn't a conspiracy theory of all the powers that be want us to be ineffective or ineffective. Let's talk about the matrix. Yeah, I know. Right. Like I'm not going there. (laughs) That's where we live. Like that's just the reality. We do live in an environment and in a climate where the, the easy choice is to turn on Netflix and to, the easy choice is the numbing, is to numb. It's like, life is hard. I don't want to push this yeah. button. And now it's, it sucks a little less. Right. And I just, I would have been right there with people. I remember like a number of years ago, just craving something else. Like, God, I'm, I'm working this job and I'm work, doing this and I've got, you know, my marriage is doing well. I'm pregnant or was about to be pregnant some, I just felt something like, but this also could be just the high achiever part too, where it's like, I've always been working slash going to school slash doing this other thing slash like, I'm never not doing a million things. I don't know how to not do a million things. And so I think it's part of that. Um, And it's also a love of learning, but it's just, you know, we all have to figure out what our thing is. And if you're not satisfied and you're constantly pressing the easy button and self-medicating, whether it's self-medicating with television or movies or substances, or you fill in the blank, like you just kind of, you miss the magic, yeah. you know, of like what can be. And I mean, for even for as much turmoil and, and pain that I had gone through over the last like couple of years, I'm so grateful for that experience because I needed something to wake me up to get off of that easy button. I needed something to come into my life and just say, Hey, (laughs) (laughs) like you have way more potential than this entity can ever give you. Mm -hmm. Therefore exit stage door left here. (laughs) Well, it gets back to that small voice that you were talking about earlier. It always starts small, right? It's always this quiet, gentle, sweet, hey, have you thought of maybe doing something a little different? And then it gets a little louder, like, hey, hey, you. (laughs) Hey, you over there. (laughs) You with the face. (laughs) And then if you're still not paying attention, that's when that little voice starts becoming like, a flipping predator like it'll it will pounce and it will start clawing and fighting it will cause serious pain because this it will it it will not tolerate being ignored if that's why it's like it doesn't seem optional at a certain point that urge that thing from within it just it will do whatever it takes and it always starts soft and sweet and you know hey pay attention and ultimately if we keep ignoring it it's just like all right listen bitch like I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it will start to attack the body. That was something that I definitely encountered. You remember when I hurt my knee yeah. and I was like, what is happening? 
thing. I'm like falling apart. <laughs> it's not good, you know? And it's just, that was, there were just, there were a series of incidences where I was just like, this is not coincidental. Like mm-hmm. this is all interrelated and I really need to listen to this. And I think that sometimes you just have to get to that point you know, of suffering where you're like, okay, I really need to listen to my body and my mind and my intuition and stop listening to other people who do not have my best um, in mind, mm-hmm. really. Because most people have, like, even, even when they're trying to see your potential or trying to, they see an opportunity for you, generally speaking, it is for their own end game, Right. So it's definitely one of those situations where it's like, you have to decide, okay, is this, is this a good situation for me to be involved in? Like, yes, they might benefit from it, but is there some benefit for me in it too? Because sometimes there is a symbiotic relationship there. Mm -hmm. Um, Or is it really just square peg round hole? They're just trying to put someone in this situation to just get rid of the, the problem or whatever. And that was just, I, I really went against my intuition for so long that I had to finally fully lean in and just be like, I'm out. And I haven't, I just haven't looked back since. Like I've just been blazing a trail that's all of my own now. And I just, it's incredibly satisfying and it's hard and it's stressful, but it's all mine. Yes. It's all my own. It's nothing that someone like built for me. It's nothing someone recommended for me because I am just not a force that can be contained in your beige colored box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, in your, I mean, maybe this is something you, uh, I wouldn't say I have an easier time with, but for me, what I've noticed is this process has almost been sort of the way other people talk about weight management. Like it's, it's not easy to lose weight, but there is a simplicity to it. Yes. Move more. And there's a momentum that can build and then you get to a space that you're content with, or you get into a groove that feels good. And then the hard part becomes maintaining and keeping it there. And right. I feel like a similar thing has started, or at least I'll, I'll notice it happened with me where I'll be in this great groove of no, like block your talk or, you know, yeah. be authentic, be independent. Don't, don't get distracted. And then something, will, an opportunity may come up or I'll notice a shift in the, in, the, in the tide or in the temperature of a room or in a space and think, you know, maybe I need to start thinking about the future here. And then that will lead to maybe I should get another degree or another certification or another this or another that. And that's not to say that that's always a bad idea, but I just find it interesting for myself that I have, how often it's like the temptation to go back to what is familiar. Yeah. The familiar isn't authentic and it isn't doesn't look like me right. because at least if I'm working my butt off working two or three jobs for other people or one or two jobs plus a grad school or something right it's like I know what the expectation is and I'm not accountable for where, where the bar lays right whereas if I'm constantly like I was looking up part-time jobs I could use to supplement my income. And mm-hmm. it's like, what am I doing? Like, there, and there's nothing wrong with getting a part-time job, but it's like, I'm willing to spend 20 hours a week on a part-time job. What mm-hmm. would happen if I spent 20 hours a week on my own private practice? Right. On online courses or on workshops right. that I do in the community. Why am I constantly looking for outs 
that will give me the false sense of security. It's, but it just comes up in different ways. And right. I, find, I find that curious. Well, and you're, you're surfing the urge, right? Like we yeah. talk about so much with our clients. You're aware that there's a temptation for a known entity that you know will provide XYZ feeling. Yep. You're aware of it. You understand the draw. You're looking at it. I'm coming back in 20 minutes, right? You're surfing that urge. That's so much that we talk with, like you're, like you're saying with our weight management clients. I mean, but I, I would argue too, like for both of us who have gotten so many certifications and so much, you know, degree, like there's a societal and a cultural thing at here where it's like women have to constantly over prepare and be better at everything. Mm-hmm. We just do. That's just the way that our society is set up. Um, and so it's really, I think it's really, really tempting to fall into, let me go become fill in the blank because there's a roadmap. Yep. There's a way of getting there. Like the way of entrepreneurship, you're making up your roadmap as you go, you're blazing your own trail. And it's, it's, that's scary. Mm-hmm. It really is. And so I think it's, it's acknowledging that, that maintenance that you're talking about. It's acknowledging the fear. It's acknowledging the desire to go down a comfortable trail mm-hmm. because you've been there before and it's saying, okay, well, what's in it for me? Like, cause there might come a point in a, a number of time where you you say, oh, a PsyD or a PhD would be really, really appropriate and helpful to build to my practice, you know? But at that point you may have achieved a certain level of success where you can pay out of pocket for said education and not go into the crushing debt that so many millennials um, like us, I'm kind of just in that weird millennial window where I'm kind of a millennial and kind of not, but um where there's just so much debt. And it's just like, at this point, we've all studied ourselves into an abysmal hole of debt. Like now we just got to get out there and work it and get out in our communities and spread the word and be visible. And all of those things are difficult and uncomfortable for women at large. Um, But it's something that we have to do. We have to take up space. We have to become more visible and we have to learn to accept the good and the bad responses that come with it. And again, realize that you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea and that is fine. But I'm at the space where just like you, I was like, maybe I should go back to school. And then I was like, you know what I don't want to do? Go back to school. (laughs) I've done enough school. I've been in school forever. Like I am really good at what I do. And I'm tired of hiding that. Like, I'm really good at helping people get to that next stage of fill in the blank, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I have to get out there and talk more and speak to more people and speak to larger audiences and hand my business card out when I'm out and about and not be afraid to sell myself because I am worth the money invested in me, just like you are. Like, our time is valuable. We have the education, we have the experience, we have the certifications, we have the eloquence, like we deserve to be out there with the best of them. And now it's just about really putting the pedal to the metal and putting the work in every day consistently in the variety of ways that each of you, each of you, each of us are doing that. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, in terms of being able to take up space and being the like willing to go out there even when people give negative feedback i was talking to a gentleman who's he's our 
hour. He's a chef and he's developed this whole, like he's got his own business. He has really fine dining experience. I mean, just an incredible human being. Like I'm sitting there listening to him talk about how he's made a life for himself. I'm like, ah, ah, teach me. (laughs) (laughs) Just stand right here like two hours. You don't even have to say anything. I'm just hoping some of it will absorb. (laughs) Give me some of that energy. Yeah. Like give me some of that spunk. And, um, he, uh, you know, he was talking, cause he's, he's just like, yeah, I'm highly disagreeable. Like he talked to, he talks about his wife in, in, uh, uh, as a, like, as a comparison and highly disagreeable. Yeah. Like he's very disagreeable, like in terms of the five traits and like, there's conscientiousness sent like neuroses, um, agreeable versus disagreeable introvert versus extrovert. And then, um, I forget what the last one is, but at any rate, it's like one of the primary psychological personality traits is Mm -hmm. agreeable versus disagreeable. And he's like, Oh, I definitely rank very high on being disagreeable. Um, but he's extremely respectful. So not disagreeable in that people everywhere look at him and go, ew, but contrarian. Yes. He's a contrarian extraordinaire. Um, and I said to him, I said, you know, it's one of, it's definitely an intention I'm trying to set for myself to be more disagreeable to, to get to feel more at ease doing that. Yeah. Not just to accept the negative feedback, but to find a way to celebrate it. Because I I read this book, I forget the author, but the book was called The Courage to Be Disliked. And it was a a compilation of like Adlerian psychology meets some kind of philosophy, like it was merging these two concepts. Mm -hmm. And in essence, what the, the premise of the book is, is if everyone likes you, you're lying to someone because it's not possible for everyone to like everything. Right. And so if everyone that you meet likes you, then you're becoming something to make that happen. Like you're doing something. shifting. Yes. And so the premise is like, if you have the courage to be disliked, then really what that means is you have the courage to bring yourself joy. It means you have the courage to be authentic. It means you have the courage to be honest. Mm-hmm. And so I'll notice on occasion when I start talking to someone and it's pretty clear that I'm either saying something they don't like, or there's something about me that's rubbing them the wrong way. Right. And you can feel that, right. Or at least I, you know, you feel into that and you kind of know when you jive and when you don't. And I can also feel into the knee jerk response in me to shift. Cause I, I don't know if I'm correct, but internally I feel like I know what I would need to say to turn that right. conversation around and get them to on my side again. Right. And it's like, no, don't like, sometimes I do it, but I'm noticing it happen now. Sort of like that, that first of like, Oh, I saw me do that. That's weird. <laughs> well, that's being a sensitive person and emotionally intuitive and intelligent, right. Is being able to sense a shift in the way someone's feeling and getting either prepared to do the people pleasing routine or to shift and be like, I've been doing a lot of this right now. <laughs> I've just been playing the neutral. I haven't gone like hard on the people pleasing. I've just been like, eh, like I, I did it today because I was out school touring for, um, for my kiddos. And there was one lady who was commenting on um, the environment outside of the classrooms where there were lots of cubbies and there's lots of hooks for coats and jackets and I found it kind of quaint I was like oh this is so cute and she turned to me and was like isn't this kind of a fire hazard you know like and I just thought I don't know (laughs) 
That was what I said. I don't know. Because I honestly didn't go there. And, I, and it wasn't to say that it wasn't a legitimate concern. I just read it as an opportunity to, I mean, cause she could have raised the question to the person giving us the tour and be like, Hey, you know, but mm -hmm. she just was kind of sighed out of her mouth to me. And I was like, I just am not a gossipy person. I just am not interested. And I don't, I literally don't know. I'm not wearing my fire marshal hat today. So I have no <laughs> idea. So in terms of like negative interactions, you know, with people and the, the need to feel like you have to placate people, I've definitely, been working that muscle out for the last few years mm -hmm. but it was there was a time when I definitely would have been right there with you where it's like I'm noticing myself wanting to shift into gear and it just it takes time and it takes um, being exposed to that and just not willing to compromise on who you are as an in individual to get people to like you mm -hmm because you don't want to make people like you because then you won't draw your people to you because they won't know who you are. You're this amalgamation of personality traits and I can't really quite pin her down and figure out who she is. Those kinds of people always drive me a little crazy because usually I can figure out who someone is and be like, okay, this is, this is someone that aligns with me or, or doesn't and you know, I can entertain them in this area of my life and maybe not this one if you find someone who's authentically themselves, I find it incredibly refreshing mm -hmm. and we don't have to line up in lifestyles at all. Um, and we don't have to look the same. Please don't look the same. Mm -hmm. um, I find it really refreshing when people step into who they are and don't apologize for it. And that doesn't mean that you get licensed to be a jerk. Right. You know, I'm not saying that people need to be rude or mean, but people that are assertive, that are confident, that know who they are and own it. I find that incredibly refreshing and lovely to be around. Yeah. And even when I don't like them, I feel at ease around them because I can trust what they're telling me, even if I don't like what they're telling me. So like, um, I, I know I've given an example of like Ben Shapiro. He, he's, I, I disagree with a lot of where he lands at the end of whatever. Disagree with so much. Right. But <laughs> disagree with all the things. Right. But he never, like, it, when I listen to him, like, from start to finish, not just little sound bites, like, oh, he said this thing, and then right. you get 10 seconds of it. But when it's, like, the full context of the whole conversation, and I hear him speak, I think, there's a good chunk of this that I legitimately just do not like. I can't track, mm -hmm. like, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. But I trust him. Like, at, at the whole step of the way I'm following, and at no point is he shape-shifting or doing something manipulative or cunning he's just like this is me this is this is what i'm out to say this is my yeah. message i'm i'm willing to have a conversation and i'm probably not going to budge on how i feel about it but, but it's like i don't want to invite him over for dinner i'm not going to friend him on facebook but i trust him right. even as i dislike him and that is way more value you trust that he's coming authentically from his place of you know hatred well, I mean, it depends on the topic because I don't see him most of the time. He doesn't, when I see him in context, yeah. it doesn't look like hatred to me. What it looks like is high, like high, high level of conservatism. Right. And, and it's just, I can't, I'm, I'm sort of like, I can't track you here. Yeah. I, or he'll say something about, you know, how the reality is of this, or like, I, I'm going to need to see this much evidence of racism before I'm willing to do it. And it's like, 
I'm like, dude, I really, um, but I, I, he's saying it like he feels it. And it's like, cool. That's helpful. Yeah. I don't like you. <laughs> I don't like you. And I don't like what you stand for. However, but yeah, you've but made I, your, you've made your argument. And yeah. it's like a quote unquote sound argument from, I mean, and in, in comparison to his peers, he does sound much more rational than other people, but I still don't like him. But that's the thing is that you don't need to like everybody. Exactly. Hey kiddo. Hi. But, and that's the thing too, is like, as we're talking about progress, not perfection and, and just, this is all, just part of the journey, right? And you don't have that's to. Mine. That's yours. Yeah. Can you take it in the other room? No. Yeah, you can. If you want it, you got to take it in the other room because it makes lots of noise. All right, go take it in the other room. No, I don't want to. I want to say <laughs> you, want to, you just want to say hi all night. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's the thing is like, there's no perfect way to go on your journey, and there's no shortcuts. And there's no going around it or under it or over it. Like so much of this is through. You yeah. have to go through. And that I feel like for so long, I was just trying to crack the code. Like, well, if I get this certification and if I meet this person and if I show da, 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 if I do this, you know, just trying to gain the system so hard. And now I'm just like, no, there's no way but through. And that's a consistent plotting of I'm going to put eggs in this basket, in this basket, in this basket, and I'm going to wait to watch things grow. I'm going to plant those seeds and just wait until people are ready to come to me. And people are just going to be egging on, you know, some people are going to egg on your success and be super stoked for you. And some people aren't, and that's okay. If anything, that's a good sign. It kind of comes back to that concept of like how to get to that space where if someone says, wow, I, I just can't like it. And here are all the reasons why. And it's like, that must mean whatever it was I said was on some level real because someone was able to read it and say, mm, I can't like it. Right. I, I, I recognize that flavor of ice cream. I don't yeah. like it. I'm ordering. And everything's timing too. Yeah. That's a like very good point. Like I'm in a much different mind space now than I was six months ago, three months ago, a year ago, three years ago, five years ago. Like there's, there's much more faith and belief in myself than there ever has been before. And I think a lot of that comes with getting that self-critic out of the driver's seat and realizing that there's no shortcut to success and success is what you define it. Like, what are you doing, Turkey? <laughs> so that's I mean I've got this sweet little baby on my lap and I've got a beautiful home and a lovely marriage and I I left a career because I chose that yeah I chose that that which that that I really wanted and and to build a career that looks like me yeah. And that meets me and is flexible with my family and actually celebrates a family. And I'm not saying that the, everybody has to do that, but what your career needs to do is look like you and your I life needs to look like you. On. She is back on. Come on. <laughs> All right, Nugget. Say bye-bye. Okay, go work in your cubby. Anyways, should we stop <laughs> recording? <laughs>
I don't know. Can we edit that out? <laughs> yeah. We can if you want to, but we don't have to. Okay. Can I fix that? I'll, I'll try when I've got my handy lady tools, my handy woman tools. So it's, to me, it's, I love my life right now. And it's taken a while to get there because there, there was so much fear and so much uncertainty, but now I've just stepped fully into it and noticed that there's going to be more fear and uncertainty. And all I can do is just keep putting one foot in front of the other and making sure that my life looks like me. And that's it. That is progress. That's progress. That's a huge deal for me. All right, guys, out. Oh, I just wanted to tell you something. You want to tell me something? Okay. I totally want to be. Want to know what you want to be when you grow up? A violinist. A violinist. Wow, it's a lot of work. Mm Got to practice a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't care. (laughs) I love it. These kids, man. You're gonna work at that one. Yeah. Bunch of nuggets. Anyways, well, that was lovely. Yeah. I always love talking to you and seeing your face. Likewise. It's, you've got, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You've got big magic. I'll just say that. (laughs) Well, and that was like, I sat there, there was a a point the other day when I was just sitting there and writing and writing and writing, not writing, but like, I need to write, I need to write, I need to write. And so many thoughts were swirling in my head all day long, but I didn't have time to like get to it. And then I finally sat down and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna just write. I'm gonna just write and whatever comes out, comes out and I'm gonna, and that's the thing too with the blog is like, I'm just gonna write and I'm gonna just post. I'm not gonna do a lot of proofing. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna do a little bit, but I'm not gonna get too obsessed with it. And I'm gonna just put it out there. And that's the idea is to just become regular with the content and just push it out there. And you know, if three months from now, if six months from now, I don't like the way that it looks, I think you shouldn't like the way you look in the past, right? Yep. In terms of your behavior, in terms of what you were doing, what the career, like you should be able to see growth. You shouldn't yes. see stagnation. You should see hopefully a crescendo of you arriving at your better self. And that's how I'm choosing to look at all of this. I feel like the perfectionist trap and that self-critic trap is definitely something that I'm just not falling into anymore. Well, and I mean, look at even I, if I, the, some of the podcasts that I did that were just the first handful, like they were atrocious. I mean, they're fine. They're fine. They're done. But like the level of, <laughs> so, um, the level of ease that like flow that I've got going now is a lot better than it certainly was 50 episodes ago. And it's like, well, that's awesome. Because then what does that mean for 50 episodes from now? It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Just sit there and read your book really quietly. Okay. Yeah. And that's what you want to see. Yeah. And here's the thing is like, we're, what we're doing is we're doing it more publicly though. Yep. Right. Whereas people falter in their careers and stuff. All you see is a, as a ascension of titles or a lack of titles, or they're just staying in the same position. And, and we were both definitely in those positions, but it's like, now we're just, 
we're pushing content, whether it's like Instagram stuff or blogs or podcasts, we're just pushing stuff out there for people to hear that journey. But I think it's really, really important to hear that journey because I'm certainly not the same person I was 10 years ago or five years ago or even a year ago. Like there's a constant evolution. And I think that people really need to see and have space for people like having a natural evolution of like what it looks like when you're trying to be an ally, what it looks like when you're trying to be an entrepreneur, what it looks like when you're trying to better yourself and and how you falter and how you fail. And people need to see that and how you pick yourself back up and you become resilient in the face of, you know, people thinking that you're just an overnight success. Like that doesn't, that doesn't actually happen. (laughs) Exactly. Like there's, there's something comforting for me when I see other people, when I can track the progress that they've gone through. And so it's like, well, if they were willing to put that out there, even when there, it wasn't perfect. Cause that comes up all the time with Elizabeth Gilbert's big magic is like, I don't know if she says these words exactly, but it's like done is always better than perfect. And she gives an example of the person who spends, you know, hour after hour, day after day, week after week, trying to perfect this one page. And she said, and you'll get it. You'll get there. You will have one, I don't know if she uses the words, but like kick-ass page. Like she's going to have it, but it's one page. Yeah. You could have written. Yes. And that's what editors are for also, by the way. Yes. These people are for, but you first have to have like the, the diamond in the rough. You first have to have the nugget. You first have to have stuff out there in an audience that wants to hear it. And you're not going to get that if you're sitting there perfecting all the time. Yep. And this is coming from a self-proclaimed recovering perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mr. Sister. <laughs> uh, anyways. I delight in you. It's six o'clock though. And I got to get these kiddos off to wherever they need to be. So, well, I delight in you. So thank you for showing your time. Are we going again? I don't know, but we're going to go see (laughs) Leah soon. I'm going to bowl with James tomorrow night. That should be fun. Please tell me how that looks, how it go- how it looks, how that goes. I'll tell you how it looks. Tell I'll send you a video. Can you give me back to like, Look at this guy losing. Yeah, <laughs> you take pictures of like his technique and your technique. Like that's weird, but <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a lot of technique that one for sure. But I'll take a picture and send it your way. Yes, please. <laughs> Yay! And let's plan a visit soon. Yes, please. All right, I adore you. Love you, darling. Bye. You need to work. Me too. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Uh, I look forward to collaborating with Katie on a number of projects moving forward. So I'm really, really excited. Um, So this is just really a brief introduction to the awesomeness that is Katie Hodges. Um, In just some housekeeping uh, for, for my end, some things to sort of keep an eye out for. Moving forward, I'm, I'm trying to get increasingly intentional about creating community for highly sensitive people. One way I plan on doing that is by having an in-person meetup group. So if you happen to live locally uh, in Salem, Oregon or n- nearby areas, I encourage you to take a look at meetup.com and, and look for The Healthy Sensitive. I will also have events posted on my website at thehealthysensitive.com. And of course, if you are local but don't necessarily want to go out in person, or you're not local, thank you very much, but still want to feel like you're a part of a community, what I'm starting to do now, uh, every week, I'm going to launch a, a Zoom, on, like live Zoom 
group. And I will have a topic for each week. And I'm going to be on that Zoom channel regardless, whether you, anyone decides to show up or not or anything to that na- of, of that nature. I will have these Zoom meetups uh, on the meetup channel as well as on the website as, you know, so both of those places. So you'll be able to see it's going to be a regular occurrence. And the way I plan on doing this, if you're able to join the group uh, at the time that I have it listed, and again, the times that I'm going to have it be weekly and it might change the day every once in a while. Uh, if, let's say, for example, I have a class I have to teach randomly at night or what have you. Uh, but at any rate, it'll be a pretty regular occurrence weekly. If you can join us live, then it's free. Uh, just come. You don't have to talk. I'll put all the expectations out there. You can just sit back and listen. But I, of course, love it when folks are able to talk and feel comfortable enough that they can do that. And it just it helps to feel less alone, to know, oh, I'm not the only person who looks at the world this way. And I can just tune in and and watch as other people like me chat about what this feels like. Um, So it's totally free. You just come on in. Uh, If you can't make it and you want to see the recordings, because I will be recording each of these Zoom meetups, what I'm planning on doing then is putting the recordings in the, the Healthy Sensitive membership site And so I'll just stick them over there. If you want to join that membership site, that's $5 a month. And you can have access to all of the meetups that are are recorded. And of course, any other little tidbits that I bring up throughout the week. So that's how I'm planning to do that. Uh, Mostly because just I want to feel like there's something like a small paywall helps to just make sure that the people who are seeing these recordings really are there's some kind of like a little bit of skin in the game and they're not planning on coming in to, to troll or I mean this is a highly sensitive group we're, we're trying to create community we don't want to invite in unnecessary critiques that really uh, we we just don't need that um so there you have it so If you want to take a look at upcoming events and the schedule for those live online meetups, you can go to the website www.thehealthysensitive.com. You'll notice a tab for upcoming events. And again, I will put up in-person meetups that will be happening if you happen to live local relative to me. Awesome. And if you don't live locally and want to come online, please, please join us. And I will be there regardless. So if it's just me speaking out to the great big void, I will have a topic for each segment and just speak on that and put it into the membership site when I'm done. So yes, I think that takes back care of everything. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, if you would like to get a hold of Katie Hodges, please, uh, for now, just send me an email, leah at thehealthysensitive.com and just say, hey, I'd, I'd love to talk more with Katie. Um, is she taking on any new clients? Um, I w- I'd love to hear more about what she does, anything of that nature, and just send it my way first, and then I will refer it to Katie, only because, and this was my fault, I, 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 wanna, I just want to make sure I send it to the right email address and, and let her, like, I, I do a warm handoff, a warm transfer. Um, so that's the only reason for that. It's, but my apologies if you were just like, I'd rather look, you know, get to her directly. Um, I don't know. Warm transfers are always kind of nice. So, and this way, too, I can let her know, hey... This is from the Healthy Sensitive Group, and I can tell them a bit about you and all of that good stuff. So email me, leah at thehealthysensitive.com. And uh, if I don't hear from you, thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you again next week.
Bye-bye.